Dear called out members and guests of St. John's Lutheran Church, today I find that greeting especially appropriate because most of it is now based upon a part of St. John's Gospel and it focuses on people who are called the church. Now it goes without saying that the word church does not refer to this building. It refers rather to people, unique, pure, peculiar and different people that possess a very special qualification. And that qualification is that they are people who have been called by the Spirit and have answered that call. Not only have they been called, they've been called from something rather morbid and disgusting to something that is rather delightful and challenging. Jesus put it this way elsewhere. You are in the world, but not of the world, because I have called you out of the world. So as we enter the scenes and themes of this wonderful epiphany season, it is appropriate that we look back and review our life of faith and plan for the future and what that means to be SJLC, St. John's Lutheran Church in 2018 and beyond. With the aid of today's scripture lessons, we go all the way back, back to the time when Jesus called his first disciples and to where we were first called and what that implication of that call was and still is for our lives. And we do so under the theme, called to follow. What today's gospel follows hard on the heels of the event we heard about a week ago, about the baptism of Jesus by John in the Jordan River, as was reported by the gospel writer, St. Mark. Remember the sequence? Those amazing sequences as Jesus now comes up out of the water and as that happens, the heavens are ripped open and down from the sky floats this dove-like person, the Holy Spirit, and rests on the shoulders of Jesus. And at the same time, there's this booming voice from heaven saying, this is my son and he just tickles every fabric of my being. He's the one I love. And today we turn to the New Testament channel two, where Mark is reporting, and we move over to channel four, or the fourth gospel, where John is doing a commentary on what followed. We find a roving band of reporters from the Pharisees' blog, who are hounding John the Baptist with all sorts of questions. Who is he? What is he doing? Why is he doing it? And does this have any meaning about prophetic fulfillment? And of course, like most reporters today, 
They just hadn't done their homework and they failed to see the big picture. If they had researched the situation, they would have discovered that John the Baptist exercised his baptismal ministry in three different locations along the Jordan River. And these were not chosen at random. Specifically, these were the very spots where the Old Testament prophet Elijah had performed much of his ministry. And the prophet Malachi indicates that before the coming of the Anointed One, that is the Christ, he would be preceded by a reappearance of Elijah. Well, though John does not feel worthy to accept that title, later on Jesus declared about John that he really was that Elijah who was to come. When John witnessed that voice from heaven and saw the dove descend upon Jesus, he must have realized that his job as forerunner was pretty much completed. And so instead he calls all of his disciples and everyone else who can hear his call. And he says, you should follow this guy instead. You should follow Jesus because he is the Messiah. But he didn't use those terms. Instead he used a very unique phrase that is never used in any of the Gospels again. He said, look here. Here is the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God. Now, if you were a first century Jew and you heard that term, the Lamb of God, what would you immediately think of? Well, of course, you'd think of that sacrificial lamb that was slaughtered every year and whose blood was painted on the doorposts of the house at Passover time to prevent death from entering and to spare those inside to follow and live the will of God in the future. What an intuitive and predictive phrase to use. In three little words, John exposes the very nature and the real mission of that Messiah, that Christ. Namely, it was to shed his holy and precious blood so that those who are now called and accept the call to follow him can paint that wonderful repellent upon their forehead, drive off the angel of eternal death, and spare us to follow the call, to follow and be and delight in his will and walk in his ways to the glory of his holy name. Call to follow. John's sign posted, Lamb of God, sends a couple of his disciples to check out this guy from Galilee. And one of them named Andrew is convinced, yes, this is the Messiah, and decides to follow him, but he immediately does what? He goes and tells his brother, 
brother Simon, who later called Peter, who then brings him to Jesus. And he also talks to his, one of his friends, Philip, and later on Jesus calls Philip. And what does Philip do? He immediately goes and tells his close friend, Nathaniel, in kind of a domino effect. But you know, that's how it should work. We who have heard the call and now follow need to be called, be callers ourselves. You've heard the old slogan, friends don't let friends drive drunk. Well, the same thing applies in our mission as SGLC. We who have received the call and are called out, don't let friends of ours not hear the call to follow as well. And if we all did that, think what a difference it would make. Well, that call may come in different situations and in different ways. Not all of us are going to hear the call of the Lord in the middle of the night, like young Samuel did in our first lesson. Others will hear the Spirit's call, as we saw this morning, initiated at holy baptism, where that Lamb of God is already calling that newborn person into following him. It may come from God-fearing parents who raise their children and let them answer for themselves when they confirm their own calling to follow. Still, we know there are others who are either physically deaf, like myself, or spiritually deaf and have to see the call of God rather than hear it. They have to see it in the way we live our lives and the witness we provide in whatever form of communication we want that to take. And yes, today that would even include the social media that is so popular. I'm reminded of that famous quote by Mother Teresa, let no one come to you without leaving better and happier. Be the living expression of God's kindness. Kindness in your face, kindness in your eyes, kindness in your smile. Our epistle lesson today reminds us that the true follower is not the one who learns from their master. It's one who becomes like their master. Well, the people in the Corinthian congregation were certainly doing a poor job of that, weren't they, as we heard in that lesson. As we consider our role as a congregation of being SJLC today and tomorrow and the next day, we must consider our role, particularly in the way we present our visual image to make it persistently calling and kindly inviting, and one which always focuses not on us, but upon the one who we are to follow. Well, back to Channel 4 in today's commentary. The author John presents the call of a man named Nathaniel. He's otherwise known as Bartholomew.
whom Jesus described as an Israelite in whom there is no deceit or guile, as other translations use. No doubt this is a reference harking back to the first Israelite, to the one called Jacob, who later became Israel. Jacob deceived his father Isaac into receiving the birthright that belonged to his twin brother. He went on to deceive his uncle Laban so many times, even though Laban had played some tricks upon him as well. And yet in spite of all that deceit, we are told that he was able to sleep and see a vision. And in that vision he saw the angels of God ascending and descending upon this place, a place he called Bethel, or the house of God. Jesus describes Nathanael as a true Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Those who hear and answer the call to follow will hear and see greater things, Jesus said, than what Nathanael experienced. Eventually, their greatest reward will be to see themselves, the heavens opening, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Devout Jews believed that the angels of God were constantly ascending and descending upon their house of God, upon their temple. May those now invisible angels continue to descend upon this house of God and cause us to become SJLC in the future until we reach the final destination to follow when we cross that welcome mat and see him face to face and realize the trip was really worth it. Amen.